For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Formerly known as Hoopball Hawks, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm recording this on Thursday night, June 9th. Almost happy Friday. Happy Friday, Junior, to everyone listening. And I know we're going to have some new listeners here to the program. So if you guys have not checked out the draft episode, that was the episode prior. So do Check that out. I am solo dolo today. I've been having some friends on the program. Friends on my mind. But today will not be a drastically long episode. Draft's coming up in a couple weeks. We already talked through if the Hawks keep the pick who I like in this year's draft. But I am of the notion that this pick will probably move. I think it will be packaged in a trade. And rumors have been swirling around from Jeremy Grant to Donovan Mitchell. In this episode, I want to get in the pulpit with you guys. I got to get spiritual, okay? Not Stephen A. spiritual. I'm not, you know, doing this for show. I really want to talk through some players that we maybe could target, should target, who knows. But the inventory is not going to be great this year as far as the trade market, as far as we know. I mean, the NBA season is still going. The NBA Finals, obviously, three games in, Boston up 2-1. The season is technically not over. And the offseason is technically not here. So all of this is just speculation. But, I mean, who knows what's going on with the inventory in the NBA? Who could we target? And I'm not talking the, the store targets inventory sale. By the way, I heard through the grapevine they have a great sale on their inventory right now. So, and Target's not paying me to say this. So, y'all pull up the Target, you know, let me know what's going on um, and see if, you know, I need to pull up as well. So, whether you listen to this pod on the way to Target, after Target, or I inspire you to go to Target, I just thank you for listening. And let me tell you what the deal is here as far as the Hawks offseason as far as it, trade speculation will or could potentially go. We're going to talk through some names. I will talk about free agency. You know, the salary crap increased this upcoming season. 
New luxury tax is going to go up as well. The Hawks have nine players under contract. Biggest thing is what we're going to do with Gallo's contract. If it will move this offseason, I think it will. Um, but as of right now, the Hawks will have $134 million in active contracts, no dead cap money, and they're going to be under the tax threshold. We have Lou Will, DeLon Wright, and Gorgie Jang as unrestricted free agents. I expect Lou Will to retire. I think and I hope we bring DeLon Wright back, and I think Gorgie Jang will be gone for the next season. Kevin Knox is a restricted free agent. I don't think we'll retain him. Um, played in spurts, didn't get a lot of minutes this season for us uh, in the trade, obviously, from New York, where we sent Cam Reddish up north and brought Kevin Knox down here to the ATL. And then Sharif Cooper and Skyler Mays are restricted. I think we keep Sharif Cooper. Um, uh, the hometown favorite, a lot of fans really want to see him get on the court. I do too, but we know that Damon Millen doesn't really play rookies, which is a sticking point, a contention point, among other things, with Atlanta Hawks fans and Damon Millen. But I think most of the work that we're going to do this offseason, Travis Schlenk management and the brain trust for the Atlanta Hawks front office, is going to be done through trade. Now, the Utah Jazz, we saw, you know, Snyder stepping down as coach out there. There's rumors that that team may blow it up. Donovan Mitchell keeps swirling around. People have been putting Donovan Mitchell in a Hawks uniform. I mean, there's reports that Donovan Mitchell would like to go to Miami. But who knows? Between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, I think Donovan Mitchell will be the likely piece that's going to be moved. And a lot of Hawks fans is like, we need Donovan Mitchell. I'm going to speak my piece. I'm going to get in the pulpit right now. I don't dislike Donovan Mitchell as a player. I don't. He's an exceptional talent. He is a, for some people, a poor man's Dwayne Wade. And it's kind of ironic because obviously Dwayne Wade is part of the ownership in Utah. So for him to be connected to Miami it's very interesting, but I don't dislike Donovan Mitchell as a player. The dude is a great young player. I mean, last year he averaged almost 26 a game, four rebounds, five assists, shot 35.5% from three, almost 45% from the field, 85% from the free throw line. Good player. Good player. But here is where I have hesitations about him. The Hawks we're one of the most efficient teams offensively in the NBA. Yes, we have our spells where it's just Trey and everyone's kind of standing around and we need that second guy next to Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell certainly could be that guy. But we're still one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. And Trey Young is not the best defensive player. He gets effort on the defensive end and a lot of people in my group chat, be clowning him and I always defend him, even though, you know, his stature is not going to lend for him to be a great defensive player in this league. Donovan Mitchell's in that same boat. He gives effort, but he's not the defensive backcourt piece that we need. Offensively, he is great next to Trey Young, can get his own shot, can facilitate, get to the rim and finish, but... <laughs> If we want to get better defensively, especially on a perimeter, 
I don't think Donovan Mitchell is it. I don't. I'm sorry to step on someone's hopes and dreams here in Atlanta. I mean, Falcons fans thought they were going to get Deshaun Watson, but hey, he might even play this season, so I think you dodged the bullets. And I'm a Saints fan saying that. You dodged a bullet. But I'm not saying we're dodging a bullet not getting Donovan Mitchell. I just think that he doesn't necessarily move the needle defensively, which is truly where the Hawks need to get better. If we do get a Donovan Mitchell, we need to focus on just straight defensive players outside of that. And in that trade, if we trade Donovan Mitchell, the Jazz reportedly like DeAndre Hunter a lot, who is right now, I mean, outside of the line right, who who knows if we're going to bring him back, is our quote-unquote best perimeter defender we have. And if we lose him, we're going to take a step back defensively. And we don't need to take steps back defensively. We need to take steps forward, especially when the East continues to get tough. That's a fact. So, as fun as it would be to see Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell playing side-by-side in the State Farm Arena, offensively, that's going to be a fun backcourt pairing. Maybe one of the best backcourts in the NBA, if that happens. Defensively, it's just not going to get it done. It's not going to move the needle. And we're talking defense because when you look at the NBA Finals right now, that's the number one and number two defensive rated teams in the NBA. And the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics, respectively. We need to get better defensively. Now, you see those two teams stall offensively at times, but they have guys who can carry them through. Obviously, noted, you know, Boston has Tatum and Brown that can carry them in stretches. We've seen other players like Al Horford or Marcus Smart, a Derek White, another step up. Same thing for the Warriors. They can get. They can sputter offensively at times, but you have Steph, you have Clay, Jordan Poole, the, the Poole brothers there that can get you through some tough times offensively. I know the Hawks want that too, next to Trey Young. Hawks fans want that. We desperately need that. I agree. But those two teams have a defensive foundation. We need to establish a defensive foundation, and bringing Donovan Mitchell doesn't do that. Now, his teammate. Rudy Gobert, great defensive player. We're going to probably have to give up Capella. They're probably going to want John Collins in our pick this year. I know, again, they really like DeAndre Hunter. I know the Hawks are reportedly trying to sway them to say, hey, why don't you look at Bogey or Herder instead, which I agree. We want to keep our best perimeter defender and bring in Rudy Gobert. But Rudy Gobert already commands a lot of money. He's not getting any younger, even though he's still one of the best defensive centers in the NBA. Obviously a DPOY candidate and winner over the last several years. So certainly he makes us better defensively in the paint. Our interior defense will be locked down with Rudy Gobert. But the asking price, it's going to be a lot. Are we willing to give up a lot for Rudy Gobert? Are we willing to have the large contract of Trey Young? and Gobert, and make it harder to build the rest of the roster. And then essentially, and I've seen people talk about this, you know, the Athletic, uh, Sports Talk, ATL, others will say, hey, that's essentially what's going on in Utah. Why would we recreate that in Atlanta? I get it. And I think 
there's a chance that Rudy Gobert is going to go to a Dallas Mavericks who desperately needs some interior defense as well. I think Toronto needs some interior defense, and they have some pieces that certainly they would like to bring to Utah and send Rudy Gobert out of town. I think they're going to, those are better landing spots than Atlanta. So as great as either of those players would be for Atlanta for obviously different reasons, Donovan Mitchell offensively, Rudy Gobert defensively, I think it would be too steep of the asking price for us to comfortably say, hey, let's make this trade. Let's make this trade. So I think as much as people want to tie Atlanta because reports of Travis Schlank saying that we're going to be aggressive this offseason, so people keep throwing Atlanta in trade rumors with almost every of the every player that is potentially going to be traded this offseason, I don't think we're going to get those players, those two specifically. This next player isn't my first choice either. And I've defended this rumor on Twitter with some fans asking questions about Jeremy Grant. No, he doesn't move the needle for us. I agree. But he's not a bad choice if we have an established second guy next to Trey Young and Jeremy Grant's your third option. He's a poor man as Jalen Brown in my opinion. But people dogging Jeremy Grant on Twitter here in Atlanta, you know, you need to pump the brakes, okay? Now, do I think Portland's going to have a better shot at getting Jeremy Grant than us? Yes. I think he ultimately ends up in Portland. Um, they have a lot to offer. And apparently, according to reports, Atlanta doesn't, quote-unquote, have enough for Jeremy Grant. According to rumors that are circulating, which will give some Hawks fans relief that think he's not a great player. He's not a bad player. And people are painting him out to be a bad player. I'm going to read this and say, hey, the Hawks, could they not use this? I'm just going to ask you. The guy is 6'8", 210, comes from NBA pedigree, obviously has relatives, you know, uncle, father, played in the league. He averaged 19 points per game last year, four rebounds per game last year, in only 47 games, so availability is an issue. Not an elite defender, but certainly a capable defender. Guy who can guard multiple positions, which is a plus for the Atlanta Hawks, especially because we need perimeter defense. We do need that. He's a capable rebounder. In his career, he averages over seven rebounds per game. He gets steals, he gets blocks, so he's an active defender. Not an elite defender, but an active defender, which we certainly need. That's something that we want to see from DeAndre Hunter, who showed it in spurts but wasn't consistent this year due to injury and who knows what else. I certainly want to keep him and see him develop, but a lot of people around the league are high on him and his potential, which is why Utah and others are really interested in DeAndre Hunter. So I see the argument saying, hey, we don't need him. But here's where we could use him. He's capable of getting his own shot. He can score at all three levels. 35% three-point shooter, can finish around the rim. He's north of 80% from the free throw line in the last two years. And he averaged over 8.7 free throw attempts per game the last two seasons which is desperately needed on his team 
We need someone that can put their head down and get to the free throw line. Because last time I checked, even though a lot of people clown James Harden for getting to the free throw line, and people clown Trey Young for getting to the free throw line, free throw attempts and makes are still points. And if you score more points than the other team, you win the game. There, I said it. But like I said, the 16th pick coupled with a player like Bogey, Herter, or even John Collins could get Jeremy Grant here to Atlanta. A lot of people like John Collins. I would love to keep John Collins. But we need to utilize him efficiently and to the best of our ability in this system. I'm talking about John Collins, which we, for some reason, don't. Like I said, all the players that I mentioned, I would love to keep, especially Bogey and JC. Herter, I can see us moving on from him potentially. But there was a report from, obviously, Chris Kirshner in Athletic. Apparently, everyone on the Atlanta Hawks roster is available outside of our all-NBA guard, Ice Trey. By the way, shout out to Trey Young, who just became a father recently. So congrats to him and his fiance on you know the birth of their baby boy, Titus Young. That dad strength is coming. So Hawks fans, watch out for that dad strength. It's it's real. It's a real thing. I played with some guys in college. As soon as they had kids, all of a sudden they lifting more. They look a little stronger on the field. Trey Young is gonna look a little stronger next year. I, I'm. You can take that to the bank. You can take that to the bank. But back to Jeremy Grant. Does he make us a championship contender? No. I agree with all you guys. Could he be the first move of a couple moves that we make? To reconstruct this roster via trade? Yes. But with the high asking price that Detroit is wanting, I don't know how likely we are to get him, even though we continue to be interested in Jeremy Grant and tied to Detroit as far as in this trade rumor. Portland has a higher pick to offer and some assets themselves that can make them more desirable to Detroit as a trade partner. Plus, Jeremy Grant was born in Portland. He'll be a real good fit. Next to Damian Lillard and whoever they get. I know they're eyeing Brad Beal and Zach Levine. As far as in free agency, Levine and Beal in a, a trade. But we'll see. Portland's going to be real active this offseason as well. So they're going to have something to say this offseason. I don't know how much we will have to say as far as Jeremy Grant. I don't dislike it, but it wouldn't be a bad move, okay? And according to Kevin O'Connor... Portland is eyeing John Collins. Do they have the assets to force Travis Lang to say, hey, we need to trade John Collins to Portland? Hell no. I don't think so. I don't think so. In my opinion, we don't, we're not pulling that trigger unless the pick is thrown in that trade, but still that pick and whoever else they offer for John Collins doesn't move the needle for the Hawks. Now, these next players... Some are available, some are not. I'm going to, I've said this before, I said about, about this player before. This is my number one player that we should go get. That we should knock on the door, say, hey, is he available? Is he? What you want? What you want? What you want, what you need, hit me up, I got you, man. Like Lil White. Shout out Mev 10. Pascal Siakam. I said it. He would be my number one choice for the Hawks to trade for this offseason. He's 6'9", 230, can play the 3 to 4 to 5. 
He averaged almost 23 points per game last year, eight and a half rebounds per game, and five assists. He's won an NBA title, not a great three-point shooter, but a capable three-point shooter. He can finish around the rim, defend someone who I think moves the needle for the Hawks as our second or third option. He's my number one choice. Toronto needs to decide when do they want the Scotty Barnes era to begin. And on top of that, Toronto needs to improve interior defense. And with Utah blowing things up, like I talked about earlier, I think Toronto ends up being a great trade destination for Rudy Gobert. And I think Siakam moves in that trade personally. But if we approach and we're willing to give them what they want, I think we try to go get Pascal Siakam. I think he'd be great next to Trey Young. He can get his own shot, create his own offense, create for others. He can defend. And he's won a championship. He knows what it takes. And he is a self-made player. Now, Toronto has a great development system. They develop a lot of players. It, Pascal Siakam, Van Fleet, among others. I mean, Chris Boucher, who may get land, land somewhere else and someone may really, really look into a, a player in his frame and size and his shot blocking ability and his ability to shoot the three in Boucher. But Pascal Siakam is my number one target if I'm the Hawks. Whatever you got to do, call him. Call him up and see what's up. I've seen some other sites mention, you know, the Hawks or a sneaky guy. Maybe maybe go for Gary Trent Jr. Does he move the needle? No, he doesn't move it. But a solid piece who can shoot threes and defend. I mean, and the asking price may not be too high. Who knows? But we need to just talk to Toronto. Just call them. Call the six. Get Drake involved. Whatever you got to do. Call Toronto. See what what they want on our roster for Pascal Siakam. Just have the conversation. That's all I ask. Now, like I said, I think Utah is going to be their trade partner. If it's not the Mavericks as far as for Rudy Gobert is concerned. But the Hawks, shoot your shot. That's like the good looking girl that, hey, she look good. You think you guys can mesh well together. You've been eyeing her from afar. And you know what? You got to shoot your shot. You got to shoot your shot. I've done that in my life. You know, I'm not going to get my record, but I've done it in my life. We need to, we need to take a shot. Travis Schlenk, we're going to be aggressive. You got to make up. You got to make that call. Next player that I've seen circulate and I've seen circulate for the last month and a half. And I've always been like, ugh, not as a player, but you're going to see what I'm talking about when I mention this player's name here in Jonathan Isaac. He seems to be more interested in a political career than playing in the NBA, making statements on his beliefs, which, you know what? I'm not going to knock you for, you know, your beliefs. You are entitled to your beliefs and your stance. I wish a lot of people were like that in this country, but I digress. But for me, Jonathan Isaac is a hard no because of his injury history. The off-court publicity doesn't help, but 
I would not like Jonathan Isaac for those two things specifically. But on the court, the man can defend. He can shoot. He has length. He could be a great piece on this team. Certainly uh, defend the perimeter, get some rebounds, block some shots, get some steals. He has tremendous upside. And his asking price may be low because of his injury. But no, no. If we do trade for him or get him, and it's a very minimal risk as far as like what we give up for him, it could work. It certainly can work. But we haven't seen him play in a couple years. Is he the same Jonathan Isaac? I work with a Magic fan. Shout out Mason. Listens to the program. Who is high on Jonathan Isaac. And coming, coming to the league and seeing what he was doing early on, I was high on Jonathan Isaac. He looked the part. I mean, his potential was... Limitless, but injuries continue to bog him down. And now you ask, what is what is his interest? Do you want to be a political symbol and go down that route? Kind of like Kyrie Irving. Do you want to do that and be a potential distraction outside of the game of basketball? Or are you going to get healthy, come back, and make a statement on the court and say, hey, I'm still the guy that people were high on. Mm. Wouldn't hate it. Don't want it. But I want to see the asking price for it. Next player. I've mentioned him on this podcast. As a pie in the sky guy. Throwing it out there. I'm the only one who's talked about this. So I'm going to give myself credit for that. You can dog it if you want. You probably will. Especially after his playoff performance this year, Carl Anthony Towns. Look, the playoff performance was not the prettiest. But it was his first playoff performance in his NBA career and the first playoff performance for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I can't remember. It's been a long time coming. But he didn't look great in the playoffs. That's a lot of people's lasting image, which a lot of people's lasting image of Trey Young is going to be his playoff performance against the Miami Heat. But we know the year that he had. And Carl Anthony Towns, we know the year he had before that. The guy is still an all-NBA center, caliber center. He wasn't all-NBA this year, but an all-NBA caliber center in this league. And it's becoming clear, especially when you watch the playoffs this year and the T-Wolves, that this is about to be Anthony Edwards' team. And I don't know how much longer Carl Anthony Towns will want to be in Minnesota knowing that it's not going to be his team much longer. So a change of scenery could help. He's still a top four center in this league right now. So let's not get that twisted. The man is, a, is one of the best offensive centers in the league. In my opinion, when you think about offensive centers, it goes Jokic, Embiid, and they're interchangeable depending on how you feel. I mean, I thought Embiid should have been the MVP. That's me. And Jokic, obviously, is a multiple-time MVP. But I think Carl Anthony Towns is right there, third or fourth, as far as offensive centers in the league. Is he great defensively? No. 
but he can score at all three levels. He won the three-point shooting contest. You guys watched that. He went head-to-head with Trey Young. All-star. So, I don't know what the asking price will be. It would probably be pretty steep. But Carl Anthony Towns and Trey Young would be a very fun pairing. It really would. It would be a lot better than Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. It would be a lot better than that. A lot better. So, don't let the playoff performance for Carl Anthony Towns cloud your judgment and say, yeah, he sucks. That kid don't suck at basketball. In his career, he's averaged 23 points per game, 11 rebounds, 3 assists. He's a two-time All-NBA player, three-time NBA All-Star, only 26 years old, so still has a lot of years left in this league. He is a career 39.7% three-point shooter. Let me repeat that as a center. He's a career 40% three-point shooter. Come on, guys. He's a career 83% free throw shooter. For his career, he averages almost 53% from the field. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Averages a block a game. Come on, guys. Carl Anthony Towns is, is a player. He's certainly a player. I mean, come on. Come on, guys. I mean, his offensive rating in his career per 36 minutes, sorry, per 100 possessions, 120. That's elite. His defensive rating is uh, 109. That's not bad either. So, we don't know how much longer Carl Anthony Towns is going to be in Minnesota. And if I'm Minnesota, this may be the year you move him. You may do one more year since you made the playoffs with Carl Anthony Towns. So, how likely is it for us to try to get him this offseason? Probably not likely. I'm going to be real. But, he is a guy that... I'm going to keep preaching. We may need to take a look at. Here, you know a center who is available this offseason that we may need to take a look at or we've been tied to? I'm going to talk about a couple centers. DeAndre Ayton. It's already been said DeAndre Ayton is not going to be a Phoenix Sun anymore, which is crazy because the kid went to high school out in Phoenix, went to college, obviously at the University of Arizona, so stayed within the state. Got drafted by the Phoenix Suns, so stayed within the state. So he's been in the state of Arizona for a while. And now, when we watched that series against the Mavericks, and we saw DeAndre Ayton in that Game 7 beatdown that they took to the hands of Luka and the Mavs, not check in, and then you heard the reports after, that kind of told me he ain't going to be there no more. When they didn't extend him and offer him last year going into the 2021-2022 NBA season, I kind of knew what it was. They're probably not going to get him back. I know Portland has been tied to Aiden. A couple other people have been tied to DeAndre Aiden. I like him. Last year he averaged 17 points per game, 10 rebounds, shot 63% from the floor. He could be available in a trade, uh, sign-in trade, according to reports. And with him playing next to Chris Paul the last couple of years, I can see him fitting well here in Atlanta, especially being the offensive piece. And before, you know, Chris Paul was there and they just relegated him to the paint, the guy has a, a mid-range game and can shoot the three. Now, he hasn't been shooting a lot of in-game threes 
in mid-range jumpers in the last couple of years. But that's certainly something that it's like riding a bike. He could certainly do it. I still think, I mean, he's not a bad defender. I think he's younger than Capella. So it could work for sure. What will the Phoenix Suns want for DeAndre Aiden? I'm assuming Capella probably in the trade. They're probably going to have to trade Capella and maybe a pick or maybe another asset. Maybe it's Herder. I mean, Capella and Herder for DeAndre Aiden. I mean, I I would take that. I would take DeAndre Hayden for Capella and Herter. But who knows? Who knows? Like I said, the offseason hasn't officially begun. But he's more realistic than Carl Anthony Towns. He's going to be available this offseason. Atlanta, pick up the phone, baby. Make a call. Another player, another big, Miles Turner. I'd like to have him. He has injury concerns. DeAndre Aiden is way more durable than him. So I would say DeAndre Aiden, then Miles Turner. But on the defensive end, Miles Turner went healthy as elite as a defender. And he can stretch the floor. I mean, he can shoot about 35% from three, which is good for a big man. And I think he would mesh well with Trey Young, pick and rolls, lobs. He's a solid free throw shooter. And I don't know what the asking price. I think Capella would have to be in that trade too. And he's a little bit younger than Capella. Now, the durability issues is a thing with Miles Turner. It, it is. But, like I said, younger than Capella, I can see him meshing well with a Kongu. So, if I go centers, you know, Carlos and Towns is pie in the sky. But if we're going to go the big man route, I think it goes DeAndre Aiden and Miles Turner. I think both, I know for sure Aiden's going to be available. Miles Turner could be available. That's a team that we have to approach and see, hey, what's up? What's up? Same with this other player who's an Indiana Pacer currently, Atlanta native Malcolm Brogdon. Another guy, injury play career. But when healthy, extremely effective. I know I heard an interview with Lonzo Ball, uh, who is a, one of the better defenders on the perimeter in, in the league, when healthy. Another guy riddled with injury, but... He said one of the toughest players that he has to guard and the toughest assignments is Malcolm Brogdon because of how he plays. I don't think his asking price is going to be that high because of the injuries. I don't. But the guy can shoot threes. He's a mid-80s free throw shooter. One year he was above 90%. He can facilitate, he can play on and off the ball. He will be a great fit next to Trey Young. A great fit next to Trey Young. Last year, he averaged 19 points per game, five rebounds, five assists. But, again, when you look at his injuries and his availability, he's only played more than 60 games in a season. Two seasons out of the six he's played as a professional in the National Basketball Association. Which means we may not have to give up a lot for him. Especially with them having Tyrese Halliburton now, Duarte. I foresee them probably getting a guard or forward in the draft. And I can see the Pacers really trying to turn over, you know, the next page as far as the next direction of that franchise and saying, hey, I think it's time to part from Malcolm and make way for these new players. I can see Indiana doing that. So I think Atlanta should definitely make a call. And then last but certainly not least, Ben Simmons, who we've been tied to 
We know he can do defensively. We know he can facilitate. I think he would be a great piece to improve our defense here in Atlanta. Obviously, you know, he can get to the rim, uh, finish. His free throw shooting is still spotty. But what else is spotty is obviously his back, which he's rehabbing right now, and between his ears and with his emo uh, mental health, which I'm always sensitive to mental health. I'm never going to question or attack a guy dealing with mental health issues. You get well, only you, your therapist, your inner circle know what you're truly going through. So I wish you the best, but that's a huge question mark. But then Ben Simmons is going to continue to swirl in. It's no secret that the Hawks have been interested in his services. A lot of teams have, but they want to see him healthy and see how is he progressing mentally and physically to get back on the court and being one of the best perimeter defenders or all-around defenders in the NBA and showing everyone why you were picked where you were picked at number one when the Philadelphia 76ers took you and remind people that, hey, he's still a pretty dang good player in this league. But I'm rooting for you. That's the LSU and me. But as far as trades, I don't think we make that trade. So there's some people out there. DeAndre Aiden, I mentioned. Brogdon. Um, Miles Turner. Siakam. Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. Uh, there's some people out there. I know the Jeremy Grant trade. I don't know how likely that will be. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. I don't know how likely that will be. You're going to continue to see us tied to those teams because we're supposed to be aggressive. And hey, we're going to monitor it. But I do feel something is going to happen soon for this Hawks team. I tweeted it a couple of days ago. I just have a feeling that it's going to happen soon. And when it does, we're going to be here on the show. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell everybody about, you know, your favorite Atlanta Hawks podcast. But certainly, we have some really good ones out there. So, I don't ever want to put down the other guys. They're doing their thing, too. But certainly, an up-and-coming Atlanta Hawks podcast here at Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks. So share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans, ceiling fans. It does not matter. If you have ears, you love basketball, and you want to hear what's going on with the Hawks, come to me. Come to me. And then follow us on Twitter for updates at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That's at Ethos Hawks. And then follow myself at Brad Jarrett. 6-7 on Twitter. That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. Hit me up. Let's have a conversation. Who do you want to see us trade for? You know, stake your claim, make a case. And I don't mind having, you know, conversations and debates with people online about, you know, the direction of this franchise. I actually enjoy that. It's something to take my mind off of work. So, in school. But I appreciate you guys' support. Put me on to your friends. I want to continue to grow this platform, and I'm only going to get better and better and better as the season progresses. I felt like I had my sophomore slump last year. Year three is for me to take off, and I want you guys to be a part of that. So we'll catch you guys next time and staying on top of the news for the Atlanta Hawks.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.